I know that there was a lot of uh, people who, you know, in our industry lost their jobs and everyone else had to pick up the slack and it was exhausting. And how do you encourage other people when you yourself are drained or anxious? And so we've been able to utilize technology now in a way we've never even thought of to continue to connect and build relationships. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Drew Brown. Get ready for the show. Uh, It's gonna be a good one. It's DB and JK talking about music all day. (laughs) I was gonna jump in and start singing, but my voice isn't ready yet. Drew Brown brings his guitar to Between the Grooves. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. You know what? You could be playing that the whole show. I, I just might. I you know, every might. time every time somebody says something, it's just like, dum-dum, or whatever, you know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> this is the first hey, time. Community cork board, y'all. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> first time we've done an episode with Drew Brown and his guitar. Awesome. That is awesome. Well, welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. We're into episode number 183. That means we have had 182 episodes so far of Between the Grooves over the last three, I guess almost four years now. Right? Wow. Yeah. Uh, This week's episode features a great conversation with none other than Holly Taylor. Now, Holly Taylor um, has an organization called 1016 Entertainment. And this kind of, I guess, uh, feeds off of the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago with Lori and Stacy from Merge PR. Mm -hmm. A lot of great feedback Mm -hmm. from listeners. And we thought, well, let's get a little bit of a Canadian perspective on this. And, of course, we both know Holly We've known Holly for years. Um, mm-hmm. She heads up 1016 Entertainment. Uh, she also heads up a weekly music chart for Christian uh, stations in Canada. And she does a bunch of other stuff. And oh, by the way, she's my new boss. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Small detail. Small that's right. Detail. She is the uh, now the new station manager of Joy Radio in Toronto, amongst all the other stuff that she does as well. So we're going to be having a great conversation with her mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. just a little bit about uh, marketing and uh, things that you could be considering and uh, maybe you know getting together with her and seeing she can help you out with some of the stuff you're doing in music if you are a musician or an artist so that's right definitely stick around she is amazing she's super wise she knows what she's talking about and she's just a good hang yeah so it should be a good time it'll yeah. be a good time absolutely that is coming up in just a bit but before we get to it we need to check in with the community cork board community cork board community cork board I thought you were going to have some kind of twang country like little, thing little country happening just, no. just to annoy me. 
no, no twang. No twang here, man. No twang. No twang. It's, a twi- it's a twang-free show. Twang-free. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Community Corkboard this week, uh, well, actually, we, we uh, received a little note in the email from our friends at Need to Breathe, uh, Bear, oh, Seth, and Josh. Yeah, they sent us a yes. note. Now, they're, of course, disappointed that they've uh, gone this long without playing a live show, like an in-person show. Uh, they yeah. are pretty excited about three socially distant, sold-out outdoor shows at the Taverns in Pelham, Tennessee, March 12th, 13th, and 14th. They're sold out, so... Too bad. So sad, folks. It's done. But if that wasn't enough, they're excited to announce that they'll be recording these shows for Live from the Woods Volume 2. It's available for pre-order now, and uh, that way everybody can check it out. Uh, Their their comment, and I quote, we're going to bring everything we have and leave it all out in the woods. I like that. So their guitars, the guitars and keyboards and stuff, they used to leave it there? Leave it there, I'll come by and pick it up. I'll just pick it up later. (laughs) That's right. Uh, And, of course, uh, opening for them, Andrew Ripp. Love this guy. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. singer-songwriter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's something to check out. You can get all the details for that at needtobreathelive.com. And also, I wanted to mention our friends at The Color. Uh, The Boys, a Canadian band, of course, uh, recently signed uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. they've decided to do an online concert series beginning tomorrow through the entire month of February. It's called The Past, Present and Future. So Mm -hmm. guess what their music's all about? Oh, boy. The past, the present and the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all online as well. Uh, You can get tickets on their website at thecoloronline.com. And if you get uh, if you if you get their exclusive package where you watch all of their shows, um, you get access to their new album as well. Hey. There's the ticket. I'm looking forward to hearing some of those new songs. You know, I assume the future means we get to hear some new unreleased music. So I'm looking forward to sort of hearing what they're up to, what they've been up to, and what's been uh, stirring within them in the last couple of years. Can't I, want, I wonder stuff. if The Future is the name of their new album. Uh, maybe. It's you know, maybe it's, a, you know, how artists like to, you know, play, you know, use the play on words when they're, when they're yeah. promoting stuff. So who knows? Um, watch me be wrong anyways, but that's okay. and that is it folks if you have anything you'd like to share with us hit us up on social media you can also email us at between the grooves at faithstrongtoday.com like need to breathe did community corkboard community i put my guitar away oh i was gonna say community corkboard community (laughs) corkboard there we go just pretend i'm playing guitar no that was the acoustic version <laughs> the, the the acapella version. That's right. Oh, the-, <laughs> the acapella sessions. That's right. Drew Brown. Thank you. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air about the fact that uh, there has been some new music, not as much as I would have expected. I would have expected during right. lockdown and restrictions that a lot more people would have been writing and recording music just with all the technology that's available today. But there hasn't been as much as I thought there would be, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I have noticed yeah. there's a lot of artists doing covers, mm-hmm. which is great mm-hmm. anyways. You know, they're, they're always yep. uh, enjoyable. They've, they're at home anyways. Why not do a cover, right? And I've noticed a lot of unknowns, you know, unknown artists or relatively unknown artists doing covers too, which is nice to see as well, that's because right. that's how a lot of artists have got discovered. Justin That's Bieber. right. That's right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So that's great to see as well. Yeah. 
it's good. Like I do like a, a weekly show. Sometimes I do it twice a week, and it's the majority, if not all of it, is covers. Usually, like maybe I'll play like one of my originals, but a lot of it's just covers. I think it's it's for me. It's like it's less about promoting me as a brand. And more about just connecting with people who enjoy hearing me play songs and hearing my my stupid banter online. And um, and so I think it's a great way to connect. It's an easy way to sort of build a fan base. Yeah. And we, it's more communal. Like, it's not like, you know, people who come in aren't necessarily people who buy my music, but they definitely love what I bring to the table. And so we can all experience this and enjoy this together. Covers is a great way to kind of just connect with people super easily and fast. Well, it's a great way to so connect, especially if people know the songs, right? They can, well, that's, they can, why, that's why you do covers. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. They, they, yeah. There's that uh, that interactive connection, the participation from a certain that's right. standpoint, which is which is awesome. That's right. Yeah, it's way more communal. It's like kind of like instead of like hey, here here hear this brand new song that you don't know. It's kind of like. Let's enjoy the song that we all love together. Right. right. And a different yeah, way of doing the song it's, because, again, it's a cover right. and it's your way of doing the song. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. there's creativity in there as well. That's it. Yeah. That's it, man. And it's now time for us to move on. <laughs> nice. Did you like that segue? Well played, sir. Did you like that? Well, yeah, it's very good. Very, very good. It's time yes. to get into our conversation with Holly Taylor. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, she's got a lot on her plate. She's mm-hmm. She has been in this business for a, a number of years. She knows the industry um, and she knows artists. She's worked with artists personally. We're going to hear a little bit about that and what she does at 1016 Entertainment. This is our conversation with Holly Taylor on Between the Grooves. I'm not hearing the echo right now either, Drew. So that's a good thing. I Ooh, think, okay. I think there's okay. still, still a slight delay, but uh, we're not hearing the echo. I'm hearing it really faintly in the background, but maybe it's because uh, Holly's on that it's kind of hiding it or something. I don't know. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. So today we're chatting with owner and founder of Canadian media company 1016 Entertainment, Holly Taylor. She also manages a weekly music chart. She's also the co-host of the Why Me Project on the FaithStrongToday.com podcast network. And she's also the host of Good Company and most recently, the new station manager at Joy Radio Toronto. So technically, she's my boss. I'm done. <laughs> hey, boss. You better behave, man. That's right. You yeah. Behave. Okay, it's a I'm family. notes. I will. It's a family show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so let's get started with this um, this Christian music chart. It's the Canadian Christian radio chart. And this is something that's unique in Canada because we don't, we don't have like a radio chart like Billboard in Canada measuring songs specifically. And I'm thinking CanCon, Canadian content more than, more than anything else. We do have a chart that's out monthly called the More Radio Chart, which just lists the top CanCon songs overall in Canada, but it's not based, it's based on uh, the songs that are considered the top songs by each radio station. But the chart that you manage, Holly, is by spins, how many times it's played uh, Mm -hmm. over over a time period. And it's also a weekly chart. So that's what's different there. So it's the top spins uh, in rotation. And it's not just CanCon, it's everything, right? Yeah, exactly. We've asked stations just to provide a list of their top songs from their major categories. And it's been over 10 years that we've been doing this. And you've got more than a dozen uh, stations participating in this, which is kind of awesome. 
Yeah, that was very intentional. I've always been a firm believer in unity within the industry. And so we did our best to find stations in the major markets across the country to be able to learn more about them and their listeners and what did they like and what was resonating. And so um, it's that, yeah, always an intentional thing with the CCRC. And it's it's a nonprofit, right? I mean, this is, <laughs> my understanding. This is a nonprofit. Isn't this, everything? Well, true enough, true enough. But it's a it's a nonprofit. It's a lot of work that goes into. Like, what what happens? I mean, how do radio stations send their info to you? Uh, I mean, I I obviously send info in as well, so I kind of know the answer. But um, yeah. everybody would be sending it in a different format, which means it's kind of crazy putting all the data together to be able to come up with the final product each week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, technically, we're not a nonprofit. We just do it. It's more like our own personal charity. Right, right. Um, because we felt that having information for Canadian Christian artists was really important when they were trying to apply for grants. And, you know, that whole section that's like, how does your song do at radio? I don't know. I'm in the specialty Christian industry. So, um, so yeah, that's why we have it. But for stations, like you said, uh, because most Christian stations have a specialty license, they don't always submit in the same way. So we have PDFs, we have uh, Excel spreadsheets, you name it. And so we manually each and every week like input all this data. We've been doing it for 10 years. The dream is to have it automated in some form, but it's definitely been a, a huge challenge in trying to figure out how we make that happen. Right. I like the fact that it's a weekly chart. Um, so stations send the data in at the beginning of the week, and then by the end of the week, all the radio stations get that information. And I've noticed, I guess, with the rules in Canada, as far as Canadian airplay is concerned, uh, there's a lot of um, Canadian songs, you know, in the top 20, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's been something that's been fairly consistent, which is really encouraging to see that there are really great quality Canadian Christian songs coming out. It wasn't always like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Eh? That's right. Now, uh, I'm curious. Oh, sorry. sorry go, go ahead, Drew. I'm curious about. So when you started this you know, 10 years ago, um, did you, were you aware of how crazy of an undertaking this could be in terms of managing all the content and getting all the information out week to week. And I'm, I guess my, my real question is um, like, what was the drive behind that? Cause we use, this is a great way to serve artists and, and stations as well. Um, but it's, it's a lot of work. It's a pretty big undertaking. So uh, on top of your already demanding job of working at the station, so, like, this is a lot to sort of manage and to do and to kind of, like, continue doing for year after year after year after year. What was yeah. the main personal drive for you to kind of, like, this is important to me to do, not just to make sure that, you know, we can do things for artists, but, like, there's something, obviously there was something in your soul and in your heart that you thought that this needs to happen because I don't see this happening in Canada. Yeah. First and foremost, I have to give a huge shout out to Loretta, Loretta Slump. She is uh, my right hand woman. Yes. 
So her and I tackle this and she does the brunt of it. So I am so incredibly grateful that she's on my team and that she believes in this as much as I do. Um, but the CCRC kind of started out as a make work project for myself, to be honest. Uh, I was working for another independent radio tracker and I was in charge of the Christian division. And so, I mean, like, let's rewind. That was 2007. There just wasn't a lot of volume. Um, and so I thought, well, what can I do? And how do I make my role as an independent radio tracker in the Canadian Christian industry make sense to artists? I can't say you know, I'm going to get your song played across the country because there was nothing quantifiable about it except for here's the list of stations that you're on. But because you're CanCon, you get one spin a week. I mean, that did not in my brain equal uh, value for them hiring me. And so I wanted mm. to create more value. I wanted to create something that our artists could say, oh, yeah, it's being played across the country, but I'm getting these spins. Why is my SoCan check like this? How does this work? So I just wanted to kind of start that conversation going and um, to really be able to give something back to artists to uh, help them with their career, to help them when they were applying for grants and loans, to help them gauge well, which markets are liking my music? You know, my my song's being played in Barrie in high rotation, but it's not being played in St. John's in high rotation. So maybe I look to book a show in Barrie um, instead of, um, you know, going to the East Coast quite yet. Like, let's let's focus on where I'm getting support from radio because radio is still very much the gatekeeper when it comes to the Canadian Christian music mm -hmm. industry. So um, so that was kind of the thinking. I'm like, I have hours I need to fill in my day so I look busy. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a great way for me to connect with stations, develop relationships and create extra value for artists that hopefully then they'll be able to turn into something that's monetary so they can funnel back into their music and continue to write and create great music that's going to inspire Canadians. That's fantastic. And I remember that because I started my career in the, in the Christian music industry anyway. I started my career as a solo artist around the same time in like 2007. And so I yeah. remember... And and with Loretta Slump's help, actually, funny enough, yes, <laughs> she did she did a lot of work with me and for me back in the day, back in my my first couple of years of music, and so um, I remember when that list came out, and I remember using that and tracking that, and actually booking like uh, tours off of that. I'm like, okay, York and Saskatchewan's playing me, I'll play there, um, and so it was very very helpful to kind of have that data, have that information to sort of plan. Um, where to go and how often I should be there. That's such an amazing tool. I'm curious about like what are other things you kind of wish you saw in the music industry, specifically with radio or not, that you think someone needs to do? Maybe, maybe, maybe something that you can do. But is there something that you're like, man, I wish someone would create this for artists or for radio? I wish we could tap into the film and TV industry a little bit better. Um, mm. There's not really a, a publisher that specializes in Canadian Christian music industry. I believe there was one company in BC. Um, their name eludes me at this point, but I think they have some music that they are working. But I think that would be a really great way for um, 
you know, artists who are writing faith-based music to get their songs out there. I think there's a lot of incredible writers. And when you have a song placed in film, it doesn't have to be a, a radio hit. <laughs> in fact, it's sometimes right. better if it's not catchy, but has maybe some good lyrical content or just a really lovely melody. So that's one area that I would like to see more growth in. The other area is the touring side of things because it's tough to tour in Canada as a Canadian, as an artist in general, forget whether you're Canadian (laughs) or not. That's true. If you are a musician and you're trying to tour, you're like, great, okay, we'll play in, you know, being based out of Alberta, Calgary. Well, your next closest show is going to be maybe Red Deer if you're trying to really get out of market. (laughs) And then you're trying to get to Edmonton. Well, that's a good three-hour stretch right there. Whereas in the States, you could hit up five, six different cities in a three-hour radius, not just three. So, um, and I feel like every generation keeps reinventing the wheel. There's just nothing that's really been established for Canadian Christian artists. I know there's a few artists that do it really well and they've toured across our our nation many times, but it'd be great to have some kind of system so that that next generation coming up isn't starting from scratch. And I've, I've seen that now over the past 20 plus years, every artist feels like they're starting from scratch and they don't know where to go. There's no system to funnel them in. I think what I've seen from artists is that them developing their own database through church contacts or, you know, through the radio station in the local cities to make it worth their while to, you know, to go on a tour like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know necessarily that a central database could work because your contact names are always changing uh, and and whatever and and I'm not sure if you know Drew as an example if you do all the work you know compiling this data um uh, you know various cities and churches that you could you know lead worship in or perform in or whatnot would you be willing to share that information with everybody else like you've done a whole pile of work on it um does it make sense I I'd share Okay, I think well, there's also a business way of making it work too, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you've yeah. created the database and an artist wants to to utilize that, you know, you partner with them. Maybe you get a percentage of what they get when exactly, they are totally. at a show. So yeah. I think it's about kind yeah. of just being creative and, and leveraging each other a little bit better. And again, back to the unity. How do we work together better? Yeah, I guess this, this kind of this leads towards uh, what you're doing with 1016 Entertainment, which is basically a media company, a PR company for artists. I mean, that could be, I guess, a, a, a sideline to what 1016 is doing. But tell us a little bit about 1016 and how that was born. Yeah, actually, originally we were a management company. It was me and I this is going to be hard for people to believe, but I kind of got bored with being in radio. Um, I kind of felt like I hit that glass ceiling as a female in Christian radio. <laughs> I was doing the drive. That was my dream position because I could sleep in and I was single so I could still stay up late. And then I just thought, now what? I'm just a little bored. I'm feeling not challenged. And so I was just toying with the idea of managing bands. And so I came up with 1016 Entertainment to help some local bands. Um, 1016 is actually based on Matthew 1016. From sending you out like sheep among wolves, be as innocent as doves, be as shrewd as snakes. And I just loved the imagery. And I thought that's kind of the music industry. <laughs> like just because you're Christian and you are an artist doesn't mean that you have to be naive. 
learn your craft, learn the industry. And so I thought, oh, maybe I should put my money where my mouth is. So I quit radio, moved to Toronto, uh, went to Harris Institute to study entertainment business management. And um, through that experience, ended up shifting from management to radio tracking and promotion because it really did marry my ultimate love for radio and still working with artists and helping to be that conduit so that an artist who was trying to get played across the country who didn't know how to make that happen could leverage you know my knowledge and now my team's knowledge to be able to achieve that objective so that someone else is handling that for them helping to curate some of those relationships so they can focus on the touring and the writing and the production side of things. So um, that's kind of how 1016 started. I really, really was so blessed to have worked at an independent radio tracker, another company who was um, very professional and did an incredible job. And he taught me a lot. And so I just then applied that to the Christian industry. It was with his blessing that I could do the CCRC. And then he allowed me to continue uh, to do that when I had left their company. And so I've had some really incredible people uh, who've taught me some hard lessons, but good lessons along the way. So th- let's look at the tracking part of, of I guess, 1016 Entertainment. It's not just uh, here's a song by this artist that you're sending out. And I guess you're not limited to just a Canadian artist either, are you? No, we're not. Um, oh. Anyone who wants to have a song tracked on Canadian radio, we can help them. And do you go through some kind of process to make sure it's a decent enough song to get sent out to radio in the first place? Absolutely. We have music <laughs> meetings just like an, M- an MD would have. And uh, James, you should be thanking us. Because <laughs> <Yes. Well, laughs> can, can we, we right. turn down right. so many songs before we work with one. You should see um, how many of the... <laughs> songs still end up coming through to me can i tell you sorry that's okay it's not your fault i just uh, if uh, sometimes i just wish i had um you know this automatic response in my email saying listen to the podcast or or you know contact this person (laughs) and they'll give you some feedback or whatever or this long-winded response on here's everything you need to do to make sure this song is better because if i if i were to take the time to respond to every single one of these not so good songs that would be a full-time job so you know, the fact that you're weeding out a lot of this stuff in the first place is, is awesome for me. Yeah, we <laughs> really try to create what we call a triple win. So an artist will come to us. We screen it. <clears throat> we listen to it. We figure out whether we think it will work for Christian radio. And let me tell you, sometimes we're wrong. We say no to something. They send it anyway, and it does well. And I'm so excited for those artists. But we do our best to make sure that we are only working stuff that we can truly believe in and we think will work. Or we believe in the artist and we feel like they are on the trajectory to being something great. I mean, I remember working with The Color back in the day and they had a, a song that's a little on the, the rocky side, if you will. And I just thought these guys have so much heart and drive. They are already professional. They've got a vision this is a group that I want to see if I can, you know, support in some way. And so now look at them. They're so good. They don't even need us. We yeah. worked ourselves out of a job. <laughs> and they're, they're with a label now. 
uh, yeah. over That's the right. last six months or so, which is uh, almost unheard of during during a pandemic, I suppose. But you can't yeah. you can't really compare that to anything, anyways. But the fact that and I and I had a conversation with the color the color about a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years now, um, and and I asked them specifically, why aren't you guys with a label? And and they were you know, giving me the answers like, you know, we could go with a label, but, you know, we're doing everything ourselves now anyways. And if we were to give up some of that stuff, you know, they're trying to support their families and, uh, you know, it just didn't make sense financially. And I guess theoretically on, on the way they were doing business and stuff. And now they are with a label and, and they still have the freedom that they want, which is great. But yeah, they've, they've gone leaps and bounds from a number of years ago. Oh yeah. I kind of feel like the proud big sister. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, very right. excited for them. We had a chance to chat with them, uh, Drew, a couple of, uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago now. At the, I feel uh, it was a couple of years ago, yeah. yeah it could be, the GMAs. It was the GMAs, and that was uh, January, February, March, that time frame. And we were chatting with them right in the middle of this big, um, uh, can we call it a court, where the, all these people are milling around and either watching or, or whatever. It's so all this background noise and stuff of people there. What a great conversation we had with them. To, like, these guys are so knowledgeable about the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it really did blow me away. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love that. They took time to learn, to grow, and to mature their sound. And they were able to pass that along to many others too through through That's our right. show. So um, you're so you've weeded out some of the songs that you don't think are going to be good enough to send to radio. Then you send it to radio, but it doesn't mm-hmm. stop there, does it? No, we really try to be full service uh, with what we do. So uh, we take the songs to radio. Hopefully, stations love it. They add it. We do weekly follow-up calls. We try to send little tidbits of information about the artist to stations to help stations understand who the artist is and to develop their story a little bit more. Um, We give them their weekly reports as well. And we just have really tried to be whatever we could to help these artists who, you know, maybe they need help writing a bio. Maybe they need um, some, you know, a little bit of artwork so we can send something out to stations that's a little bit more professional. And so uh, we just really try to help them during their three-month campaign in any way that we can. It's not just about, here's a song, um, and that's the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have to do the follow-up. You have to, you know, build those relationships. You know, you have to grow. And so we just feel if... If they're coming to us, hiring us as an investment, we want to make sure they walk away feeling like, okay, I learned something, I saw some results, and I've got some extra tools now to move forward. What should artists do to make sure that they're ready um, for you or just be ready, better ready and prepared for radio? What do you think we're kind of not doing right these days? Yeah, I love that question because often we get an artist saying, here's my song. I worked really hard on it. Um, God gave me the lyrics at night. Oh. <laughs> you know, those kind I'm of conversations. Cringing right exactly. I'm cringing. That's Maybe right. you should go back to sleep and rethink that one. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's so mean. And if you've ever said that to me, um, it's just because it just the idea hadn't been fleshed out properly. And so for um, an artist, if you are new and you're thinking, well, at what point in my career do I need someone to help me with the radio tracking and promotions? Uh, one could be when you're just too busy to do it on your own. So that's kind of once you're a little bit further along. But when you're new, you know, have a website. Make sure that you have some kind of social media presence. Do those basic marketing things because radio promotions is just 
one piece of your overall promotional pie. It's a big slice, but there are a whole bunch of other things that you need in order to get maximum benefit at radio. I mean, if someone hears your song and they want to buy it, you need to make sure that your song is available for people to purchase for people to even just hear. Um, They're going to want to know more about you. So where do they go? So to put yourself in the shoes of the person that you think is going to like your music and to define that person, basic marketing and promotions, know your audience and uh, then go to those places. Um, It was a while ago that somebody told me that the industry was more of a a pull industry than a push industry. And by that, it was previously, um, you know, with the Backstreet Boys and the Britney Spears, it was a label saying, this is what you want to hear and you will love it. Right. Like we were all there. (laughs) But then it shifted. Right. And soon it was like, oh, this band is getting a lot of hits. This person's getting a lot of downloads. This person already has their business in order as a label when the industry is, you know, very unstable. We want to align ourselves with artists who are already stable. It's a safer bet. And that's the same with us. We want to make sure that you can maximize your exposure and it's not going to go to waste. I think it's become so much easier for newer artists to uh, get their foot in the door simply because if they're good simply because of technology, because of the internet, because the fact, you know, they can very often record right from home we chatted with uh who was the artist that we chatted with drew recently Mm. that that produces all of his stuff at home and he's with a label um can't remember his name and it was (sighs) was just only a few weeks back but that's right uh, you know the fact of the matter is that people can do that and if they're good you know and and their songs are you know you listen to it and it's going to be a hit and you know it's going to be a hit it's easier to work with guys like that who have done all the planning and all the structural stuff like you said holly about you know creating the simple thing like a website and their online presence on social media it just makes it easier to be able to promote somebody like that oh yeah a hundred percent and i do want to say too sometimes an artist is super creative and they have incredible music and radio just isn't a good fit And I think this is also a benefit of being an artist in 2021 is that your music can still get out there. You can still have an audience and you can still have a following and you can still make your music into a career. Yeah, Drew, I've mentioned this to you as well. Radio is is a marketing tool for artists and that's the way they need to look at it. And so maybe radio isn't the right market for them you know depending on the style of music like if you've got a a great christian country song maybe it's not going to work on christian radio in general unless it's a specialty program because there's not a lot of christian country that's played unless it's a crossover type song um, right but that's but not it to could say work it's on about- country radio Right. It could work on country yeah. radio. And we've seen artists do that. In fact, I know of one group that we're going to be on having on the podcast very soon that started in Christian, uh, Christian slash gospel slash, you know, little twang of country in there. And now they're full on country. And yet these guys are all Christians and, you know, mm-hmm. they haven't walked away from that, but they just, they just know that their songs are more, um, relatable to the country art, uh, to the country radio. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah. Um, Holly, I think the only thing missing from 1016 Entertainment is uh, booking these guys. Like, it'd be nice. <laughs> well, because we did talk a little bit about that, all, having all the contacts, right? And whether it's churches yeah. or whatever, uh, to be able to book these guys, it'd be that would be the cat's meow. That would be, you know, people coming to you knowing that you can book them all over the place. That would be awesome. I'm not going to lie. That's always been a serious conversation in our meetings. And if we can figure out a way of making it work and viable, it would happen. Drew, you have to pass along all oh your gosh. insider information <laughs> that you have there. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to hire. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire Holly. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I have other jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eh? That's right. That's it'd, be, right. it'd be difficult, I think, to uh, find a way to do that properly because I think some artists are um, great for a church environment, whereas mm. other artists, like, you know, if, if you're a, a pop type Christian artist, your songs won't necessarily work in a worship environment in a church if that's, you know, what the intention is to, you know, if you have all your contacts at churches and, hey, I can lead worship on a Sunday morning and then do a concert on a Sunday night or something like that versus an actual concert where, no, this isn't praise and worship. This is a concert on a Saturday night or something like that. Like, that's totally different. And yet it still could be in a church, but it might mm-hmm. be a totally different contact, right? Yeah, like the youth pastor versus the music pastor. Right, right, <laughs> right, exactly. And then keeping track of all these people because people change and stuff. So it would be a huge undertaking to have that element of your business. Not a bad thing, but it would be a lot of work to maintain all of that as well. It would. But I mean, if you look at mainstream, there are a ton. Well, there were a ton of venues and those contact, inf- <laughs> you know, that contact information changed frequently as well. But they just they do it. They make it happen. Yeah. So there just somehow needs to be something put in place, some kind of structure that can be built on so that it's not always feeling like it's ground level. I just, yeah. That's just right. how it feels. Well, Everyone's trying to reinvent the wheel. There's a business yeah. opportunity for somebody in Canada to to do something like that. It really is. That's right. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's how they always say when you watch these, uh, you know, Dragon's Den and all these other shows that, you know, are, are startup businesses or new products or whatever else. One of the things they always say is you have to determine, you have to find the need first. And if you're filling a need, then very often it's going to be a successful product. Well, here you go. Here's a need. Somebody started up. Now. Yes. 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 <laughs> Especially as we're coming out of a pandemic, hopefully, you know, concerts and things are starting ramping back up again. It'd be nice to have this database, not necessarily a database, but at least a place to go to, to know that they can help you out in booking, you know, booking things. It's one thing to have a song. It's another thing to have that song being listened to on the radio or on Spotify or whatever else. And then it's another thing for people to actually want to buy the song, which is great. But then, you know, part of the um, part of the structure, if you want to call it that, in the music business is to do concerts. If you're not doing, if you're not out there in front of people doing stuff, people very quickly forget about you. Hmm. Although I yeah. do feel like because of 2020, it's forced um, all of us, not just those in the music industry, to look at how we connect in a different way. Um, I'm curious to see 
once things go back to quote unquote our new normal, whatever that looks like, um, how many artists might still do things online utilizing Zoom as a way of connecting with people that they don't actually physically get to see all the time? So I'm really curious to see how things will have shifted because we've had to and not just for, you know, a week or two. Like the change has been now so long that I'm really curious. Like maybe people will be really uncomfortable going to a venue because now we're too close to people after being told for over a year, maybe two years, who knows how long this is going to last, that we can't be more than two meters beside someone. So maybe there's going to be a little bit of a, of a shift. I don't know. I just think this has created a whole world of other possibilities for artists to meaningfully connect with their audience. I could see there being a, a need for uh, some concerts online like some kind of thing where you could physically attend the concert and or you can have the alternative of watching from your smartphone or your device or whatever else and you know mm-hmm. there being a cost attributed to that although i do see what once concerts are full-blown happening again whether in churches or at festivals or whatever else i could see the artists being just too busy to do something online except for maybe doing some covers because we've seen some great covers by artists right yeah I know for myself, I'm like, I'm thinking ahead to summer and having, what am I going to do? You know, option A, if this pandemic is still in full swing as in, you know, lockdown or option B, there's a little more flexibility. We actually go out and gather and I'm sort of trying to do like a, like uh, my online game needs to remain pretty strong. I cannot let it go. Whereas before, if I was doing a show, I would do it, record it post up a few days later and you know it will sit online now it's all about the live streaming so i'm going to be focusing a lot on if i'm playing a show anywhere bar club church house concert if i'm able to <laughs> um <laughs> you know because you never know you know with, yeah um but it's going to go straight online through some sort of you know, paywall of some kind or or maybe not, maybe a free wall, depending on how it works. That's a good point, Drew. Um, yeah. You know, it's yeah. interesting because my, my brother's a pastor and he mentioned to me even halfway through the pandemic where, you know, churches themselves were upping their game as far as, you know, having an online service to attend on, on the weekend or whatever else. And you could see churches really, you know, um, spending a little money perhaps but but just doing things well and doing things better and better and then for a short time uh you could actually attend in in person and he said mm-hmm. as soon as that happened they just dropped the whole online thing uh and it, and it just became very mickey mouse it became very uh, right. it, uh very unprofessional and and what that's right not what it was before and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden oop we got locked down again and now they're scrambling right to get things <laughs> like the way and it's almost like you know his comment to me was you know people are going to be a little cautious about wanting to attend as holly you've mentioned maybe they're going to be a little cautious about wanting to attend in person at a big concert with you know hundreds or thousands of people there and so they might want to for their own safety reasons uh, or health concerns want to just attend something online, well, you better make sure the online stuff is still good enough. In fact, when when churches were able to, you know, for a short time, get back up and running again and have people attend in person, they couldn't uh, legally allow for the full amount of people that would normally attend church. So if you're at a, right. if you're at a third of capacity physically in your building, but your online presence is now gone, you've just lost two thirds of your audience, if you want to call it that, or your congregation, mm-hmm. because because they can't see or they can't hear or they can't, you know, enjoy it like they did over the last few months. 
I also love yeah. that it makes oh. it more accessible. So yes. like, let's say there's someone who's in a senior's home and they really do want to go to church. It's not been available to them, but with the pandemic and churches having to invest in online equipment and making that work, now they get to feel like they're a part of the action and be connected in a way they were never connected. Someone who maybe can't physically go to a concert because of some kind of, uh, maybe they need to use a, a wheelchair and going to a concert is not always the easiest thing to navigate. Maybe this now just opens up a whole new door for people to be able to be a part of these experiences, which is an incredible thing. I think now churches and artists, their online equipment and stuff needs to be just as important as their audio equipment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's like for me now it's part of my rig. If I'm traveling, if I'm good, if me, you know, things open up, <laughs> um, <laughs> all my, all my mics and my mic stands and my gear, my, you know, my guitar, my amp, and also all my live stream equipment. It would need to be just a part of my arsenal. And that for churches too, we can't now, now we're, we're past a stage where the online thing is kind of like, ah, uh, well, we'll worry about that when we need it. It needs to be part of like our regular routines in terms of like how are we addressing the people who can't be here or who don't want to be here because, you know, pandemic. And so yeah. it's a very, very important part of, of how we do things, how we share things, how we express things online. You know, it's a little bit of work, but if they look at it, and this is from a church standpoint, but also an artist standpoint, if you look at it as, a, as a, an opportunity more than anything else, like you have the opportunity of reaching people that perhaps you could never reach before when you were doing in-person concerts, right? And mm -hmm. so this whole pandemic, as we've talked about, has forced people to relook at a lot of this stuff. But continuing to do that now, you can reach the, continue to reach the people that perhaps you weren't able to reach before. Yeah. And to like kind of bring it back into the radio realm, um, this has been a really great opportunity for us as 1016 to utilize social media and live stream because we can't do the in-station visits like we used to or the interviews. You know, as a you know, an artist is touring, you know, you just stop them by with some donuts like we can't do that now. So how do you promote yourself in a pandemic and try to create those relationships? And we've been able to utilize, you know, uh, Zoom. We did kind of a, a Bible study-esque thing with Brian Dirksen and with stations as a way of saying thank you and how can we support you because um, it's tough. I know that there was a lot of uh, people who, you know, in our industry lost their jobs and everyone else had to pick up the slack and it was exhausting. And how do you encourage other people when you yourself are drained or anxious? Right. And so we've been able to utilize technology now in a way we've never even thought of to connect our artists with, you know, the MDs and the PDs working at the station or the on-air staff and just be able to continue to connect and build relationships. It has been a little disappointing, though, for us. Like from the radio perspective, Holly, it's been disappointing not to be able to see people in person. <laughs> I know, right? Like for Drew and I, like, uh, you know, even when we're doing our show, if there's an artist that happens to be in the Toronto area and they're, you know, uh, 15, 20 minutes away, uh, I would rather have them in person because it's, you know, you can have that eye contact, you can have that conversation face to face and it's just yes. it, it does more for the conversation than doing something over the phone or online or whatever and it's just like man I can't wait for those days to be back I think for 2020 um, I could count on one hand how many in-person 
uh, conversations we had on this show. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, exactly. That's right. That's and that's right. and that's sad. It really is. Or or even you know attending summer f- music festivals where we could you know um, socialize with some of these artists and and have these conversations at the booth or whatever else. Uh, I mean, yeah. th- that was a that was a highlight for me. You know, attending music festivals was to you know the fact that we could actually actually have conversations and 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 record an episode of Between the Grooves. Uh, on site, on location, like to me, that was like that, that's magic happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't been able to do that. So I'm I'm looking forward to this new normal, Holly. Whenever it happens, let me know, okay? Okay, perfect. <laughs> we'll do this. I'm hoping everyone's so starved for you know that kind of relationship and interaction that we're going to be really, really busy. I'm going to say come 2022. I, I'm yes. trying to be realistic. Yes. Here. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds pretty fair to me. Yes, I'm optimistic. I'm going to say the fall of 2021. Okay. I have two kids in preschool and uh, elementary, so um, my optimism level is a little bit lower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's not COVID, it's still runny noses and colds come September. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Even if if we don't have to wear masks over the next few months, I think people will just naturally migrate to masks again come September, October, just because, hey, it's, it's, uh, you know, we haven't seen a lot of flu cases and a lot of colds in general just because people are covering up. So, you know, it's not as contagious uh, with people protecting themselves that way. So. Plus, I just don't want to see if there is a runny nose. If I don't see it, it's not going to bug me. Oh, so the, so the mask hides it. I understand it. That's just gross. I'm so sorry. That's that is amazing. disgusting. Thanks for that visual. Some, sometimes as a parent, you just get tired, okay? Yeah. That's what the sleeve is for. Oh, oh my gross. Gosh. Oh, well, you started it. You started it. You started it. It's true. Jeez. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Listen, before you go, Holly, have you got a couple of extra seconds here? Because I know that you've also been involved uh, over the years with women in music ministry. Can we yeah. talk a little bit about that? Yes, we can. What do you want to know? I don't know. What do we want to know? <laughs> I, I mean, how did that all start? And, um, you know, what have you discovered in the whole process? Uh, it started out of kind of a selfish need, if you will. I felt alone. I felt like there wasn't a lot of women in our industry um, that I could reach out to or, or talk to, um, especially because I had learned recently that I was pregnant with my first child. And you don't really see a, a lot of women um, in the Christian industry, at least, uh, still like actively working. I just I didn't have a role model. I didn't really have a mentor in that regard. I didn't know how to navigate it. And so. Um, I've always, always been a huge champion of women doing what they feel called to do, whether it's you love the trades, you go girl, like you go into those trades and you own that, or maybe it's, you know, whatever it is, whatever it's on your heart to really pursue that. And for me, I just loved the music industry. I loved, um, what was happening in the Christian music industry. And I just wanted to connect with like-minded women. And so, um, there's about a group of five of us and we, we came together. And I just thought there are definitely other women in our industries across our country. But again, like we've talked about it before, there's just this very geographical hurdle to connecting with people. There are people on the East Coast I may never meet who are doing what I'm doing. And it just seemed a little weird. Like, why can't we work together? Like, where are you? Who are you? I want to know who you are. And so that's really was that seed that started WIM Canada. And so we were able to connect with women across the country. It was 
incredible, but definitely had some big challenges because um, in our industry, as you know, it's not just one hat, it's two or three hats. And then a lot of these women were moms as well. And so even their personal life was just dominated with um, being involved with their kids and then still trying to work. And so it was really hard to connect and to, to build teams. I think it's great that something like that existed. Um, uh, you know, gender diversity in this industry and equity is an interesting topic. And when I say interesting, I mean it could be a, a hard conversation to have because um, there's a lot of of things that have gone wrong, even though things are getting better. Um, and so I'm curious, and, and I actually had a chance to sit in on a few of the meetings um, during the GMA. Just sat in the back because, you know, I don't want to be seen by anybody. I don't want to. <laughs> if you wore a wig. If you wore a wig. <laughs> no, no. Men which, are which welcome to. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but I can, I can only imagine some of the stories and conversations that have come up. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what – how can we um, – uh, you know, the, 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 how can we make this cause and this idea stronger in terms of like um, equity and, um, you know, equal rights within the music industry? What can we do, especially with men, us being dudes, but, but we as a general we, like there's so much to be done in Canada. What can we do? How can we fix this? How can we change this? How can we not just bring community together better, but also you know, sort of bring some change to the weird gender dynamics that kind of happens in the music industry? Do you have any yeah. ideas for us? Can you help us? I think by having these conversations is a great start. Um, by looking around at your your table, seeing, yes. you know, we have a producer here. We have someone who's doing booking here. And just see, like, are there any women at that table? Are there any women who are part of the conversation? Um, and if not, I mean, kind of taking that step out and looking for them because there are women producers. There are women writers. There are women in every single industry. Um but there's not always a seat at the proverbial table for them. And so I think by just looking for them, you will find them. You will. Um, and if you see someone who is doing something, invite them to the table. Invite them into a conversation. Um, I, I think men have such an incredible opportunity to champion the women they see. Maybe it's an announcer that you think is just really talented find ways for them to be a part of, you know, bigger conversations. And this is happening, um, which is really exciting to see. And I think also as women, um, you know, just working together to champion each other as well. I saw an image and it was relating more to race, um, but it was, you know, how one group handles, you know, advancement. And it was somebody reaching down to help somebody up. Um, and then how the other group was handling it, it was them trying to climb over each other to get to the top. And so I just think collectively, just try to put the blinders on. It doesn't matter if someone's female yeah. or male. How do you, how do they work? How do they do the job? And just champion each other and pull each other up because there is room for everyone. There, there really yes. is. We all have individual gifts and talents and women bring a completely different perspective and dialogue to conversations that has been missing and I think is needed, especially if you look at the target audience, especially for radio. It's usually women 
who are the ages of 34 to 45. If there's no women <laughs> engaged on the conversation about how do we market to them or how do we reach them or how do we speak to them, how are you going to even reach your audience? Like, it's a voice that just needs to be heard. I love that. Like, it's the conversation on diversity and inclusion and equity and equality is such, I mean, it's close to my heart, but so good that that this is being speaked about, talked about, and worked on within this industry. I, I really appreciate not just your leadership, but also your voice in this matter. It's amazing. It's well, so and in the Christian community specifically, why? I mean, we should be the example to the rest of the world. And if we can't get this it right in the Christian community, then we're doing it all wrong, yeah. you know? I think, though, also, too, a lot of that narrative is kind of based on faith. And I hate to say this, but I, I feel like sometimes um, Christians use their faith as um, almost an excuse, if you will. Yep. Yep. Like I just feel as though there's been not a lot of women represented in the church. There's not a lot of um, women who've had the opportunity to lead. Maybe one denomination doesn't feel like women should lead or maybe they should just be in childcare. So I just I think. If it has Christian in front of it, maybe the problem's not as much the industry as some of the umbrella conversations that need to happen. That Just makes as a sense big, to me. Broader community. So I don't know if I'm articulating that well because it's this is all new. I'm excited to have this kind of dialogue, and I'm still processing a lot of this um, because of what's been happening over the past couple of years. And so, um, so I'm excited that the conversations are happening. And as I grow and learn more about this, I'll hopefully be able to say more articulate, smart things about it. But um, for now, that's just kind of like that seed that's like, what is what broader conversation is not happening? That's allowing this to seep into any industry that associates associates itself with being Christian. Yeah, the church has been usually slow on the uptake when it comes to, you know, inclusion and diversity and and. Any kind of sort of justice matter. It's usually, typically, stereotypically, been really yeah. slow in the uptake on that. So it's it's good that these conversations are happening. We kind of we can kind of push against the norms of of the church world to trying to see some sense of justice happening. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it so much. And when you talk about the church, you're talking about the the organization church, not the people. Exactly. Correct. Although exactly. Although Thank the, you for I mean, making that, but, that but, distinction. But of course the people uh have a big part to play in that anyways, right? They, so, do. Yeah. they yeah. do. Like the overall yeah. church culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not like it's, one church. I'm right. talking to you, church down on First Street. Is there a first street somewhere? I don't know, but there probably sure is. There, <laughs> there is in every city. <laughs> there is in every city. That's right. That's right. Oh, dear. <laughs> Holly, thanks so much for uh, hanging with us on Between the Grooves. Um, what a great conversation. Um, and, and just interesting to see what's happening, um, I guess, in Canada for, you know, for Christian artists. And uh, hopefully uh, I'm optimistic that things are going to get even better, uh, whether it's the relationships or the concerts or whatever else that we've talked about. Yeah. And I'm so optimistic on all of these fronts. We've seen so many incredible changes so far. It's just exciting. And I'm really looking forward to what the future has for everything we've talked about. I just I feel very optimistic about it. Wow. She wears so many hats, doesn't she? <laughs> and she wears them well. <laughs> she certainly does. I mean, she's doing so much and has done so much for uh, the Christian music industry in Canada as a whole. Uh, but, you know, getting involved with artists and trying to elevate them to a place where they should be and working with them and working with radio and everything else. Uh, it's just amazing to see what she's done and, and uh, you know, the value that she adds to this business.
value added is the key. I, I, I'm so thankful for what she does. I've been, you know, I've been thankful and had the amazing opportunity to work with them and so, 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 so good. And she does amazing work, but also thankful for her voice and what she does um, for women in the industry, but also just for people in general. She's an amazing voice in this industry. She has a lot of wisdom and she always, always knows how to drop a good joke. <laughs> she, she is amazing. I'm a huge fan of hers. So make sure you check out 1016entertainment.com. That's how you can find the links to all the artists that uh, Holly promotes, as well as her contact information and links to their social media as well. And now it's time for our artist advice segment. And this one is going all the way back to 2017. My goodness, this is Naomi Streamer. Well, I think the most important thing is to know who you are as an artist, to know what your ministry is to know why you're doing it, and then to know the business side of it. Because if you don't know that, then you might end up finding the ministry more of a burden than a joy. Know who you are. Mm -hmm. But what I like about all of that, because we've heard that before from other guests, it's the second part of that where she says, know the business that you're in. Yeah. That's right. Kind of relates a little to what we were chatting about with, with Holly as well. Just knowing this business and knowing the business side of the business that you're in. Because if you don't know the business side, you can be creative, you could be amazing, you could be an amazing singer, an amazing artist. But if you don't know the business side, then nobody else is going to know about it either. Well, this is it. And if you don't know thyself, you can be strung along and sort of follow, you know, this new thing that's happening here and that new wave of thing. And instead of sort of knowing what yourself and what you're good at and what you're meant to do, you can just follow trends a whole lot. And so it's important to, yeah, know, know yourself, know what you're about, know what you can do, know what you need to grow into. But then, yeah, know the business, know the ins and outs of what you're trying to do. It will just help you in the long run. That is if you're trying to make it a career, if you're just doing it for the fun of it and you really don't care, that's fine, too. But maybe think about the fact that maybe somebody else will be impacted on your gift, on your uh, ability, um, on your message. And maybe that's important, too. So don't just think about yourself. Stop being selfish. You know, there it is. I mean, even if it is just a fun hobby, you have more fun if you know what you're doing and who you are in the business. You just have more fun at it. You'll enjoy it more. So, yeah, it's good rules to live by. Great conversation with Holly earlier, and uh, if you've missed any of our previous episodes with uh, many of the guests we've had over the last few years, definitely uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We have new episodes dropping every Monday, and uh, we'd love for you to have a listen whenever you like. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. That just helps us reach more people. And you know what? Social media is a big thing. We all like it. It's fun. It's there. (laughs) So why don't you come and hang out with us? on these places like uh, the Twitter or you know the Facebook you can find us at Between Grooves on Twitter and Facebook we would love to connect with you chat with you and give us some ideas who should we have on the show what have you liked so far let us know let's chat are we going to close with you playing the guitar again or oh we definitely can and now it's time to say goodbye I don't know what chord I'm playing. There we go. <laughs> Normally, you got to get the note first, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it's time to say goodbye. Bye-bye. 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 We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Come on, sing it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. We sound like we're crying. Because <laughs> we are. That's right. <laughs>